1: Welcome to the Bay Area Panthers pod, part of the 95.7 The Game podcast network, where you'll find analysis, news, notes, and more about the Bay Area Panthers of the Indoor Football League. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Randy and Evan Kiddings.
3: And welcome into another episode of the Bay Area Panthers pod, part of the 95.7 The Game podcast network. Evan Giddings with me. My name is Mark Randy. Thanks so much for tuning in. After, unfortunately, a Bay Area Panthers loss on the road against the best team in the IFL, the Frisco Fighters, Frisco gets some revenge for what the Bay Area Panthers did to them in San Jose earlier this year. Frisco comes out on top 45 to 38 on Saturday down in Texas. That was the final score. Uh, But Evan of note in this game, the Bay area Panthers playing without star quarterback Dalton Sneed, who we just talked about last week as a legitimate MVP candidate in this league. He was out with an illness. Felix Harper, the team's backup quarterback stepped in. We'll talk about him. Uh, Quick thoughts. I thought he filled in admirably and gave this team a legitimate chance to win on the road against the best team in the league. Bay Area comes up just short. Frisco outscores Bay Area 15-0 in the fourth quarter to come out with the win. Um, But just immediate thoughts, Evan. Playing without your star quarterback, an IFL rookie getting his first snaps in that kind of environment against that kind of team – Really, really impressive, despite the fact that it was, again, a 45-38 to 38 win for the Frisco Fighters.
0: Yeah, definitely not an easy situation to be thrown into, and uh, reportedly Dalton Sneed was feeling under the weather. That was why he was not available for that game over the weekend, but I thought Felix Harper, who we've had the chance to kind of see, whether it be in practice or pregame. Uh, uh, fortunately, the Panthers haven't needed his services because Sneed's been healthy and has been so good, but... I was interested to see not only how he would perform, but how the offense would run through him. And I think it looked pretty similar to the kind of offense that Dalton Sneed would have run. Of course, the difference is in their capabilities. But I was impressed with what Felix Harper was able to do. And we'll get into the nitty gritty. But the fact that he was able to throw three first half touchdowns, had them up at the half, I thought was a great sign for the Panthers. Felix Harper put them in a position to win that football game. Obviously, they did not, uh, but it was I thought far better than one would expect for a backup quarterback in that p- type of situation. And also, Mark, there is a uh, you know a bit of a silver lining because even though they lost the game, they still clinched their first postseason berth in franchise history with San Diego losing to Arizona, and so you get, even though you get a loss, you really get a win at the end of the day because you punch your ticket to the postseason. That's never happened before in the second season now for the Barry Panthers.
3: Yeah, good point. Although I think if you asked the Panthers what they would have preferred happen in that San Diego-Arizona game, they they would have said we want Arizona to lose because that means you would, uh, at least for the time being, hold on to the number one seed in the West. Arizona did win, as you mentioned, which does mean the Panthers are into the playoffs, confirmed, but for the moment, they have fallen a game behind Arizona. We'll talk more about that, what the schedule is like for those two teams, because it's likely going to come down to the final week of the regular season. We'll talk about that before we wrap up this episode. And, and before we do dive into more on Felix Harper and how this game went, again, a 45 to 38 win for Frisco over Bay Area. A couple of uh, things to, to take care of, some, some uh, paperwork to, to go over, some bookkeeping. Uh, The Panthers did get a handful of players activated off of short-term IR ahead of this game. Wes Bowers, the linebacker, uh, playing kind of off and on with Darren Hungerford this year. He was activated off short-term IR. So was Roderick Henderson, along with Ape Mane. Henderson on the defensive line, Bowers the linebacker, Mane an offensive lineman. So the Panthers did get those three bodies back. However, the bad news is, they did lose Bill Atkins, one of the team's better defensive backs. He's on short-term IR, along with Malik Dorton, a defensive lineman, Tavon Grant, a defensive lineman, and Amari Ketchings, an offensive lineman. So four guys go on to short-term IR. They get three guys off of short-term IR. Hopefully we see those four that were put on to short-term IR before the season does come to a close, and, and hopefully they're up and ready for postseason football the good news also, Bay Area does now have a bye week before they return home for their final home game of the regular season. More on that later, um, but but let's dive into how this game happened, Evan. Again, a 45-38 win for Frisco over Bay Area. It was an interesting start because the Panthers uh, ended up uh, taking a lead early in the game TJ Edwards, the star quarterback for Frisco, they got the ball to begin, and it was an awkward snap. Edwards couldn't grab the ball, it was on the dirt. And then, as I just mentioned, uh, the, the linebacker, Wes Bowers, picks up the fumble and runs it into the end zone for a touchdown. Bay Area is ahead, 7 0 before you can even blink. Uh, and then they go down, Frisco does, and, and they answer. But Felix Harper leads the Panthers down on his first drive as starter, completes his first pass on fourth and goal to, from the three to JT Stokes for a touchdown. Bay Area goes up 13-7. to seven. Unfortunately, the extra point was missed. There is a new kicker as well on the roster, Paul Ortiz Jr., who is in for Aiden Johnson, who has been since been released. Um, and the kicking game was something that affected the outcome of this one. We'll talk more about that later. But a good start considering you get a defensive touchdown for Bay Area. And then your offense led by rookie quarterback Felix Harper completes his first pass, a fourth down conversion. You get into the end zone and you're actually looking at a lead for Bay Area early in this ballgame. And, and they held the lead for a lot of this one. Just couldn't quite get it at the end.
0: Yeah, they did. And First off, I thought Wes Bowers had a fantastic game, and and that linebacking group, he along with Hungerford, primarily the duo there, have done a a very good job this season at establishing the physical tone for the defense, being able to come up with big plays, takeaways, like you mentioned right there. He also had one later in the game, I'm sure we'll get to, Uh, but he and Hungerford have also been able to Really, do whatever Rob Keefe has needed them as as DC, which is get downhill and blitz, get sideline to sideline, keep plays in front of them, and even be at times decent in coverage. So, I, I do want to shout out Bowers there. As for Harper and, and sticking with the coordinators, I thought Dixie Wooden did a, a really good job at kind of easing Harper into this football game as much as he could because it's his first start in the IFL. He's a rookie, it's the first time he's under center. And I thought that the reliance, of course, of the offense, you thought that they were going to give the ball a bunch of Justin Rankin which they did but Felix Harper's strength similar to Dalton Snead is that he can do both he can pass he can also run first play a 9-yard sprint for Felix Harper followed by a rush by Justin Rankin back to Harper for 4 yards give the ball to Rankin continue to put the ball on the ground and not in harm's way against a very good Frisco defense and I'm sure Rankin obviously you know with his ties to Frisco last year leading the league in rushing touchdowns and Doing the same thing this year now for Bay Area, wanted to show out and they wanted to key in on him. And so I think Dixie Wooten knew that if he could allow Harper to use his legs first, make him, you know, kind of feel the presence of the defense, that that would help him then when he had to air the ball out. And then that first drive, you know, nice third and goal pass to JT Stokes. And then later on, not being afraid to go for it on fourth down, maybe the kicking game factored into that a little bit, Mark, with the switch. And then also, Quite honestly, the ineffectiveness of the kicker uh, for Bay Area. But I think that Dixie Wooten deserves a lot of credit for the way that he used Felix Harper early in this game. And I think that's the reason why he had so much success uh, throughout the first half specifically.
3: Yeah, 100%. They definitely eased him into it. His first completion was, again, on that fourth and goal from the three, went for a touchdown. His second completion was on the following drive, a fourth and two, ended up with a 22-yard touchdown pass to J.T. Stokes. Again, that was the final play of the first quarter. Bay Area goes ahead 19-14 to after the first 15 minutes. And then Frisco goes on a long drive, nine plays, uh, guess what? It was not their longest drive of the game. That one happened late. Uh, it was in the fourth quarter. We'll talk more about that later, that wild drive. Um, but Frisco was able, after their initial turnover, to, for the most part, be pretty efficient, just keep the Bay Area defense on the field. We might have seen a, a little bit of some exhaustion as well from Bay Area on defense, considering how long they were out there on the field. Frisco ended up running the ball pretty well. They did not, believe it or not, have that many big explosive plays. Charles Heaton had a 58-yard kickoff return, which which happened very early in the game after Bay Area's defensive touchdown. It was one of those kicks where it looked like Paul Ortiz Jr., again, the, the kicker making his debut for Bay Area, looked like he was going for the deuce and it was perfectly straight down the middle. It's a little bit short, but he didn't the kick returner for Frisco had to kind of reach over the wall, kind of the half wall at, at you know, indoor football league fields. He fielded it literally up against the wall and then ran it 58 yards for a touchdown. Area was relatively close to getting two extra points back there. They did not. It ends up being a touchdown for Frisco. The offense then started humming after that. Are you familiar,
0: um, Mark, by the way, with, uh, Antonio Cromartie
3: I am mm-hmm.
0: so his 109 yard touchdown in 2009 was the first place that my mind went to when I saw that yeah that return because both players essentially caught it with like a foot back on the line in this yeah. case he had to go over the wall uh but it, it was it was a pretty damn good play by by Frisco and their return man and it it, it's something I don't know if we'll get to see the rest of the season. So
3: no problem. You see catches like that up against the wall. We we've saw a, a bunch of them. I know the game that you had the pleasure of being at in Northern Arizona. You saw a couple of catches up over the wall like that, where you kind of toe tap up against the wall when you're up in the air. This one was different because not only did you have to catch it up against the wall, but then you turn and start running the other way, and he didn't manage to go 58 yards untouched for a touchdown. Uh, So special teams were certainly a factor there. Uh, The kicking game, Bay Area missed uh, a couple of extra points, and then they were just trying to chase their extra points by going for two-point conversions and couldn't get it. Meanwhile, Frisco was making their extra points. Bryce Crawford, one of the best kickers in the IFL, and Bryce Crawford also kicked and made a deuce. After a touchdown and the made extra point, he then got the deuce where he kicked it from his own goal line through the narrow uprights in the IFL. If you're new to this league, about half as wide as NFL uh, uprights, and you got to kick it the length of the field that is a 58 yard field goal with goalposts about half as wide as those in the NFL so an exceedingly difficult kick Bryce Crawford made it they get two extra points back there of course Bay Area misses a handful of points really one on almost all of their touchdowns and suddenly you're looking at a game where Bay Area scored one more touchdown than Frisco did But essentially, looking at a tie game, and that's kind of where this game progressed. Ultimately, Frisco scored again, and and they won again by that seven-point margin of 45 to 38. But because of those miscues on on special teams, the missed kicks, um, the failed two-point conversions, Frisco's, Deuce where they got two extra points. Bay Area was almost playing from a deficit because despite the fact that they had scored more often, more times than Frisco, they got into the end zone more, they were even on the scoreboard. It was kind of a rare instance where you saw that uh that that play out in, in this game for for the Panthers.
0: Yeah, it was one that look, it's going to come down to to a play here or there, or a call here or there, especially when you get two really good teams going up against each other. It was a back and forth affair here at SAP Center, you know, last month, a 62 55 game, which the Panthers, I thought, controlled most of. But it was a similar effort from the Panthers in the first half, but Frisco was just kind of able to hang around and and special teams was a big part. The conversions on fourth down were a big part for Bay area as well as Frisco. Uh, But, but this was a ball game mark that I I felt like it was kind of just who was going to blink first. And unfortunately, as we moved into the second half, Bay area was the team that did, but all things considered with your backup quarterback, a few important defensive pieces, on the short-term IR uh, opposite a Frisco team that hadn't necessarily been rolling after its 9-0 start, which of course was stalled by by the Panthers. Um, I, I thought they, in the first half, played about just as good of football as you can outside of special teams. That was the difference. The missing of extra points and then, of course, the return for Frisco are what essentially swung things in the favor of the fighters and then out of the locker room, I don't even know if it was things that were adjusted to by Frisco, uh, but to me, Bay Area just simply played their same game. And Frisco was able to take a step up at home, which, which quite honestly, for a team that's the best in the IFL, was not necessarily unexpected.
3: Yeah, yeah. But considering all of that, I mean, Bay Area perfectly executed an end of first half drive. Nine plays, 45 yards, almost three minutes off the clock. It featured a fourth and one conversion by Bay Area. And then the final play of the half and the ball was snapped with two seconds left. Felix Harper kind of got his Dalton Sneed on and and ran through a couple of tacklers and got into the end zone as time expired. The two-point conversion attempt, again, because it it felt like Bay Area was a little bit wary of bringing the kicking unit on. The two-point conversion attempt failed. But Bay Area still—they held on to a 31 to 30 lead at half, and then they did what they love doing—they they got the two for one, they doubled up, they scored to start the third quarter. Felix Harper found Cottrell Haywood from eight yards out. Suddenly, Bay Area is looking at a 38 to 30 lead, but unfortunately, from that moment on, Evan, it was a 15 nothing run by the Frisco Fighters, and the most important of those points, at least in my mind. Came on a drive that spanned the third and fourth quarters, a 13 play, 38 yard drive that took off nine minutes and 56 seconds of game time off the clock. 13 plays, 38 yards, nine minutes and 56 seconds. That has got to be the longest drive time wise in the IFL this season. It is for sure the longest drive play wise time wise that the Panthers have defended against so far this year there was a lot of stop and start penalties that pushed Frisco back really they they ended up gaining more than 38 yards but it's because they put themselves in bad situations and had to regain those yards back but that drive for Frisco ended with a touchdown it also featured a fumbled snap that they barely recovered could have been recovered by Bay Area it featured as well on that play, a fourth and one conversion and a fourth and goal from the uh, from the three that set up the touchdown as well. They get the two-point conversion. It's a tie game. We'll talk about the rest of the game later after that, Evan. Uh, but that drive, 13 plays for Frisco, ending with a touchdown and the two-point conversion to tie this game up. That really feels like where this game turned.
0: Yeah, you never want to say that any particular drive or play is the backbreaker, uh, but I think it's safe to say that that swung things in favor of Frisco, and then they did not relinquish the momentum of the football game. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's it's interesting because. Some of the comments post game from Rob Keefe about his defense had primarily to do with the fourth down conversions, and hmm. Frisco was perfect in the entire game, three for three. But to me, the backbreaker was that third and 12, 14 yard scamper by TJ Edwards. And it's something that we've talked about ad nauseum throughout the pod is dual threat quarterbacks being able to do damage against this Bay Area defense. And that's not unique to Bay Area. That's the way that this league works. And Felix Harper, on the other side of thought, also did a great job at converting some third downs, picking up plays, using his legs at identifying weaknesses in the defense. Harper
3: actually outrushed TJ Edwards in this game, believe it or not.
0: He he did, uh, but uh, but unfortunately for the Panthers, it was kind of a, a spot where, look, TJ Edwards, what he had, he had five rushing touchdowns the first time they played?
3: I think so, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was it was something ridiculous, like two passing touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns. And so you could tell they came into the game trying to take away his legs. And they mm-hmm. did, I think they did a good job of that. But Edwards was able to beat them through the air just enough, of course, and then in those individual spots like the third and 12 late in the third quarter, um, you know they, they bring the blitz with Bowers. It's picked up by the running back, and he's able to get out to the left, and there's open field. And he's able to go out and get the necessary yards for the first down. That's not a fourth down conversion, but it feels like it, especially after back-to-back penalties of a false start, a holding, second and 24, they pick up half of it, and then Edwards beats you on a 14-yard burst. So you know, I I think that entire drive there was a war of attrition that was won by Frisco. and, And unfortunately, it may have followed the Panthers' defense a little bit down the stretch of that football game, and the offense on the other side wasn't able to match.
3: Yeah, and the offense immediately after that put up, I mean, there's no denying it, their worst drive of the game. So after Frisco goes on that incredibly long drive, they tie it up at 38, about 12 and a half left in the game. Bay Area gets the ball back, and they actually have pretty good field position. They get it at midfield, the 25-yard line, um, and they they end up getting all the way down to the Frisco 15s. So they have a first and 10 from the 15. And then there's an unsportsmanlike penalty, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on the Bay Area Panthers. It pushes them way back. There's an incomplete pass. Then there's a delay of game. Long story short, Bay Area is facing third and a mile eventually. Uh, And Felix Harper, what else are you going to do in this situation? Kind of throws a jump ball to the end zone. It gets intercepted by Cordell Jackson of Frisco. Um, And kind of luckily for Bay Area, it basically worked as a punt. Frisco caught it, intercepted it, and was down all the way at the one-yard line. So if you're Bay Area, you're not dead by any stretch of the imagination. If you're going to turn the ball over, that was the ideal way to do it, where you give the ball back to Frisco at the one-yard line. Unfortunately, Frisco was able to methodically drive down the field once again and get into the end zone. It ended with a Martez Carter 22-yard touchdown run that was really – the the only big play of that drive, except for another big conversion, you mentioned three for three on fourth downs. Immediately after the interception, incomplete pass, incomplete pass, incomplete pass. Frisco was facing a fourth and ten from their own one yard line, and if you're Bay Area, you're thinking, all right, not only can we get a stop here, but we're going to get the ball back to our offense in a great spot to score and take the lead late in the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, they convert. They move the chains. Then the big run later, they're into the end zone. Bay Area can't answer. That's the ball game. Um, but you're right. You mentioned the conversions, the third and 12 on the previous drive, the fourth and 10 on this drive. Uh, Bay Area just couldn't get that one defensive stop when they needed it in the second half. Maybe that's not really fair to say, considering they did hold Frisco. Uh, to only 45 points in this game, and they didn't give up a single point in the third quarter. Uh, but Bay Area, the defense, considering you're you're trotting out a rookie quarterback, they needed just one more defensive stop, and they just couldn't quite get it.
0: Yeah, and and look, I, I think you, you have to credit Frisco in this circumstance, not just because of the only 11 win team in the entire IFL, but because they they simply converted they. they Executed when it was most necessary, and in this football game, you're looking at those specific plays, a couple of big spots, third down, and of course the fourth and the fourth and ten. Um, that was a situation to me, Mark, watching that game where you know TJ Edwards. Yes, he had three incompletions prior to, but two of which were to the man that he ended up finding on that fourth and ten, Germanic Smith. And so it was as if they had been trying to kind of work something out. It's not necessarily a, a gutsy play, I think, to go for it at the one in that situation, especially if you believe in an offense like Frisco's. So I, I don't think there's a ton of credit in you know, as opposed to you're not allowed to punt in the IFL, but you could kick it, try and send it out of bounds in a, a makeshift punt, quote unquote, so to speak. But in my mind, I, I thought that Frisco was going to go for that, watching the football game, and and they found their their number one guy, uh, and so look after that. Again, not the backbreaker overall, but in that drive, that's a case where Bay Area has a chance to capitalize, and unfortunately, could not. But then on the other side, of course, Mark, they had had numerous situations in in the game where they also executed, and I'm sure where Frisco felt a bit downtrodden about being, you know, not able to get Bay Area off the field. So it just so happened that that was late in the football game, and then of course. You know, I don't know if the lights got a little bit too bright for Felix Harper in Bay Area, but it's it, it's a place where, you know, you're on the road. Fans are screaming down at you. Uh, I, I can only from one experience in northern Arizona, you know, just kind of draw from as far as the uh, aggressive atmosphere that an opposing fan base can create. And I imagine it was twofold, if not threefold down there in Frisco it was a tough place to try and come back from once you you know, relinquish the lead. And they played from in front the majority of the football game. It just so happened that once Frisco took the lead, uh, they were able to come up with enough plays on defense. You're right. 45 points is not a whole lot uh, to an offense like Frisco. And I think that Bay Area's defense deserves a lot of credit. To me, uh, just unfortunately, the missing cog for Bay Area was, was their quarterback. And it felt actually a lot. Mark, I know it's a different script, but it felt to me a lot like the Tucson game at home earlier this season where Mm -hmm. Bay Area was missing Justin Rankin. It's the only game that he's missed this season, and the offense just looked completely different because you're asking Dalton Sneed in that case to do everything with his arm and legs. And in this case, you're asking Justin Rankin to carry the majority of the load and ask Felix Harper to make plays that are maybe a bit unfair at this point, making his first career start in his career to do Uh, so. You know, the the fact that Bay Area was at that position in that football game, I think is a great experience, especially if Dalton Sneed should miss some more time. I think it was valuable for Harper as well as the rest of the offense. Uh, But unfortunately, they just could not come up with the plays they needed.
3: Yeah, well said. Again, the final score, Frisco 45, Bay Area 38.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix,
3: Bay Area is now eight and five on the year. Frisco is eleven and two. They stay atop the East, but uh, Massachusetts nine and three, breathing down their neck. So that was a really important win for Frisco to stay atop the East. Meanwhile, Arizona, we talked earlier about their win over San Diego which allowed Bay Area to clinch a playoff spot at this point of the season, but it also put Arizona a game ahead of Bay Area in the Western Conference standings. Let's look ahead a little bit here as we wrap up the episode coming up in just a little bit. So Arizona 9-4, and four, Bay Area 8-5, and five, both teams now 7-3 and three in Western Conference play. So if Bay Area were to... Uh, get to even with Arizona, the records that would come into, uh, into play would be conference record. That is the first tiebreaker in the IFL. You look ahead to what Bay Area has, they have a bye. They do not play this coming weekend. Then they're at home for their regular season home finale against the San Diego Strike Force. And then they head out on the road at Duke City to close out the regular season. Meanwhile, the Rattlers... They have a couple of home dates, but against, I think, higher quality teams. Massachusetts, who we just talked about, is the second best team in the East, nine and three, one of the best teams in the league, and then the Northern Arizona Wranglers, another really quality team right now, fourth in the West, six and seven overall, Um, but the West is just I think so competitive from top to bottom, that six and seven record doesn't really do them justice. They have a win over Bay area this year, that game you were referencing down in Prescott Valley. Uh, It's safe to say, Evan, I think at least in my opinion, Arizona has the tougher schedule to close things out. Bay area certainly needs to handle business. They're a game behind. They need to gain a game somewhere which means they likely need to close out the regular season with wins against San Diego and Duke City but just because they're a game behind now with two left I don't think it means anything that that this race is over those are two really tough games for Arizona despite the fact that they're at home the number 1 seed is still 100% up for grabs and Bay Area has as good a chance as as anyone else to, to come away with the one seed in the west
0: no, I'm I'm 100% with you. These are games that Bay Area absolutely cannot overlook, even though they're at home against San Diego, who hasn't been playing as well lately. That was a game down in Southern California that came down to the final play of the game. That's how Bay Area won, and so I'm sure the Strike Force, who right now are, you know, not exactly a. You know, on the inside looking out as far as the playoffs are concerned, would love to deliver some sweet justice and maybe hurt Bay Area in a sense. I'm sure that's what they're trying to do this weekend against the Arizona Rattlers, play spoiler. That's what teams from the bottom do, and Bay Area had a taste of that last season. As far as Duke City is concerned, I think that's going to be a tough game, and and not just because it's on the road, but I was impressed by the offense for Duke City the first time they faced them. Uh, here at SAP Center, and that's because whenever you got an IFL legend under center, <laughs> uh, Charles McCollum, you, you always got a chance. And I thought he did a very good job at kind of managing that football game that they played against Bay Area. Even though the Panthers hung sixty nine points on that defense, that's to me where the game was was won. Uh, McCollum was not the reason why they lost, and so if there's any sort of You know, a potential turnover, a misplay on special teams, if the game doesn't go flawlessly in the other two phases outside of uh, defense, of course, for Bay Area, I I think there is a route and a path for Duke City to win that game and play spoiler in the final game of the regular season because Bay Area at that point is also looking ahead to trying to figure out who they might play, where they might be playing at that point should the last two games not go in their favor. So I don't see by any means the last two regular season games for Bay Area to be, a, you know, a, a cakewalk. But I also I think that's reason why for those that are looking to you know experience this, July tenth, Monday night, seven o five, SAP Center, San Diego Strike Force. That's the last home game of the season, and that's why you should be there. It's also Fan Appreciation Night and a great opportunity for people to get out there to see what this football team is doing this season. Because in all likelihood, Mark, it appears they'll have a playoff game hopefully at home, and so you want to get a chance to see them in person before, of course, you purchase those uh, playoff tickets.
3: Yeah, 100%, and even if Bay Area is not the one seed, if they manage to sneak out the two seed, which if they win their final two games, regardless of what anyone else does, they will be the two seed. If Bay Area wins out, they're the two seed at the very worst, which means at least one home game. But again, there's still, as of right now, only one guaranteed home date left, so get your tickets at BayAreapanthers.com.
0: And I believe if they win out, they are the one seed because they have one more conference game than Arizona, correct?
3: Uh, Well, right now, Arizona has a game lead on the Bay Area Panthers, so they need Arizona to lose one of their final two. Bay Area needs to win out, and then it would go to tiebreakers. Right now, they're even in terms of conference record, but Bay Area has two Western Conference foes left and Arizona has one Western Conference foe left? That's what we were talking about a couple of weeks yeah. ago. The uneven schedule. So let's say Arizona loses one game; it, it really doesn't matter which. And oh, well, let's see. If hold on, we got to work through this live in our heads. Say Arizona, yeah. if, if loses... they beat their Western
0: Conference opponent, then Bay Area would have to win both to earn the one seed. That's what I'm saying. If they win out, Bay Area does. They control their one seed destiny in a sense.
3: If Arizona loses one game. But Arizona's Arizona has the advantage right now because if if you look at the uh the standings, Arizona's nine and four overall, and Bay Area is eight and five. So if Arizona just wins out, they're eleven and four. Bay Area wins out, they're ten and five. And and Arizona's the one seed. But in conference. Yeah, but the tiebreaker uh conference record is only the tiebreaker if they're even an overall record. So Bay Area needs Arizona to lose one of these these games coming up. I will note, Bay Area is off this week. They have a bye. If you're looking for your IFL fix, there is one game that Bay Area should be keeping their eye on. It is Massachusetts and Arizona. That game's on Sunday, July 2nd. If you need a little early Independence Day football action for you, that game is going to be a good one. Again, if Massachusetts can pull off a win in Arizona. Then Bay area would control their destiny to be the one seed, but they do need a little bit of help from someone else in order to get that done. That game's coming up on Sunday. Bay area is off this week, Arizona. Then the following week has a bye. That's when Bay area is at home against San Diego. And then both teams are in action to close out the regular season Bay area in Duke city and Arizona at home against Northern Arizona. We'll talk more about it next week. Despite the fact that the Panthers don't have a game this coming week, we'll get you with another episode of the Bay Area Panthers pod. We'll run through all of the postseason options, opportunities, paths for the Bay Area Panthers. That is coming up for now, though. This is uh, Mark Randy signing off. Thanks so much as well to my partner, Evan Giddings. We'll be back next week after a bye week. Talking more Bay Area Panthers football. Looking forward to it. Evan, thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to all of you,
1: and we'll catch up with you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bay Area Panthers Pod, part of the 95 7 The Game Podcast Network.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island.
1: Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other
0: restrictions may apply. Analysis by Euclid, speed test, intelligence data, fixed median download speeds, usq Q3 2023.
1: We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead.